0: amen Amen. good singing this morning you know i i've told maybe i've said this i don't know if i've mentioned it from the pulpit lately or not but i know i've mentioned it to elizabeth on the way home uh and uh the singing has been great the last few weeks i really appreciate it you i get the unique perspective sitting right here of hearing you all so much better than you can and uh and it's just fantastic to hear everyone singing. I've sat in churches where the singing was a couple people. When I was a teenager and we went traveling, if we went on vacation, if we went to a church we'd never been to before, my my dad would set us in that row right there, the second row from the front, on the pastor's left-hand side, and he was the loudest singer in the church most places we went. And I was always so embarrassed. Like, oh, Dad, come on. As a high schooler, I thought it was the worst thing ever. I love the way he sings. Please don't get me wrong. I appreciate it now so much more than I did then. But it was because a lot of churches didn't sing, didn't have a lot of joy in their song services. And I, I'm so thankful that you all sing. And, uh, and it sounds like it's coming from your heart. God is honored in that. I, I, I'm thankful for it. We don't have to have a huge group to make some noise. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Well... I don't want to take up his time. I do want to say again how much I've appreciated the little bit of time I've got to spend with Anil, Brother Anil, and and uh, we had dinner with him last night and got to visit for just a little while and hear his heart for his people and uh, and just what God has done in his life. And uh, I'm challenged by it. And as I said, there's there's so many places in the world with such great need for the gospel yet today, and it is un. Believable to me and, and such a con, so convicting to me that that we just get so comfortable in our culture and in, in in our little place here in the United States and we don't get our eyes on the field and we need to lift our heads up and see there are still places in the world uh, with no gospel message and shame on us uh, for our comfort. And I just so many times it's just a lack of caring. So uh, I know God brought them here to challenge us. And uh, as I said, we need to pray what we can do to assist them in their ministry. But uh, I want to hear the message. So come forward, brother, and preach to us. And uh, let God speak to your heart this morning.
1: Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Church, once again, for having us here and giving us the opportunity to share our burden that God has given us in our hearts to be missionaries to our people in Pakistan. Pakistan is 96% Muslims. And majority of the time, what I have witnessed is that people from other countries, Europe and America, Australia, uh, they come to Pakistan and they always try to uh, work in just the... Christian circle, especially the Pentecostal circle, and they don't go out and witness to Muslim. It is hard, but there are different approaches that we can use to uh, be witness for Christ to them. Uh, many things uh, that I noticed is we can We can always, uh, first of all, of course, be kind to them. After 9-11, Pakistan went through a lot of things. The hatred for especially the America over there grew a lot. A lot of things went on in Pakistan for past uh, 20 years. I was growing up, I was in college, and suicide bombings were growing in Pakistan. Before that, nothing. But after 9-11, suicide bombings, I mean, city where I was from, every other uh, week or something, you hear there was a bombing uh, in Lahore. And one time, I remember, I parked my car. Uh, I was going uh, to my job. I parked my car, just closed the doors, took out my things, and suddenly I heard a big blast. And I thought there was a truck uh, parked closer to me, and I thought maybe uh, the, the thing that closes, that fell on the road. It was, Or maybe something happened to that truck or something. But nothing happened, and I was like, that was a big blast or something. That sound was really big. So I went to the office, and uh, just turn on the news, like, what happened? And there was a big blast that was, you can say five miles away from where I was, but the blast was so big that you can hear from miles. And it just seemed like it just happened, like, right there. So we went through a lot of stuff, and uh, especially the hatred for America grew, for in past 20 years, and they think that this is a religious war, but actually this is a political war. And because of that, there were a lot of bans on uh, they banned a lot of missionaries, a lot of uh, uh, preaching things. They, they they banned a lot of those things uh, just because of this war. So devil tried. Really hard. He's working really hard to stop the gospel to reach to those people in Pakistan. And I, I know it is hard for many people, uh, but I don't know how these other denominations are doing. They're taking advantage of business visas and tourist visas. They're coming and they're spreading their doctrines. Where I'm from, I grew up, uh, the city, we didn't have any Baptist churches over there. And I was... Uh, I'm always like, Lord, why? Why? Now, he has given me the knowledge and understanding of uh, his book. The question is now, in my court, hey, what, what are you going to do with this? So, uh, many things. I have a lot of stories to share. I mean, I can take like another hour, just because the word Christian was associated with me, I went through a lot of things, among my friends, among the outsiders, and I was not even saved, but still I went through a lot of things, and there were a lot of things that happened in, in my life, I, I grew up on the streets, so I went through a lot of stuff, and I don't know how God helped me and brought me out of those things, and I was not even saved. But in the Bible when he says, "'Lo, I'm with you always,' imagine when you are saved, what he will do, what he can do. So all I'm taking over there is this promise. "'Lo, I'm with you always.'" Brother read the scripture, uh, and I was like, uh, wow, I will be sharing this verse in my message, and he said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, in the last part, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So I'm always encouraged by this, this verse. This is a missionary verse. When missionaries come, they always uh, say this verse, or uh, Mark 16, 15, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever, I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So when I started, God started working on my heart, this was the part that always encouraged me. Listen, he's with you here, he will be with you over there. He was with you when you were not even saved. The things that he brought me out of, man, two times I was closer to a gunshot two times. He brought me out. <clears throat> so now for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So this is what me, my wife, we have decided to do, to live for him. And we know that Christ liveth in us and his word uh, is in our hearts. And this always encourages us. And whatever we have, uh, that whatever he has given us, that is what we are taking to our people in Pakistan. They need it. And I've, I have seen it, they, they, that they need it. Uh, and I cannot just live a comfortable life over here. It's, this country is blessed. It's give, it gave me a lot of things and a lot of comforts. And, My flesh is weak. My flesh does not want to leave this country. But my spirit, with the help of Holy Spirit, through his word, always encourages me. There are people dying without listening to the gospel. And I went through that phase, so I know their pain. So there was a decision that needed to be made. And he helped me through his word, through the missionaries. And whenever your pastor your elders deacons they invite a missionary it is not about the missionary it is always about you about the church members they invite us so that your pastors and the missionaries they can encourage you how to be a witness for our lord jesus christ we are already on the road we are here to get you on the road so that you can be become a witness for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. Lord, thank you for giving us this day. Thank you for giving us the privilege, Lord, to preach and listen to your word, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray you help me to preach and teach. And Lord, I pray that your word be a blessing to all that are listening. Lord, help us today. Help us to honor you, glorify you, and magnify your word. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 4. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Gospel of John, chapter 4. And verse 34. Jesus, uh, yes, verse 34. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest so today we will look at some points from the Bible on the importance of missionary work the goal of this message will be to motivate people to reach others with gospel of Christ in your community and also to other nations so, the question is, what makes a missionary? What makes a missionary? When I got this teaching, I was like, I was blessed. I was like, yes, that's, that's convicting. And this message always, whenever, whenever I read, whenever I preach, present, teach, it encourages me. What makes a missionary? Two things. A willing mind. Number one, a willing mind. A willing mind is totally submitted to the Lord. Is one that loves to hear the word preached, loves to pray, meditate on the word, preoccupied with serving the Lord. Number one, a willing mind. Number two, a burdened heart a burdened heart. A burdened heart is one who longs to witness, is one who witnesses because his heart breaks for the souls of the lost. A willing mind and a burdened heart. Missionaries do, don't get to the mission field and then get burden for the people. The burden comes before the service. The burden comes before the service. Burden is a product of vision. A person does not become burdened for a soul unless he sees that soul is in need. The reason we are not burdened for souls and nations is because we do not see those souls and nations in the grip of hell. A willing mind and a burdened heart. Jesus said, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. What does he mean by that? He is telling us that people are ready to be preached. Sadly, most Christians do not think it that way. Why? Two two reasons, wrong vision and preoccupation. Lift up your eyes indicate that we are looking down when we need to look out. We are looking at our own needs rather than the needs of the others. We only focus at our comforts and cares. We are so distracted with our own personal interests and materialism that the gospel does not get their attention until it is too late. Lift up your eyes. That is, get your head out of your own selfish ambitions and preoccupations. And then he added, And look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. That is, to focus on the lost souls of our families, friends, neighbors, fellow workers, and nations who do not know Jesus. You know, Muslims, they do not know the Jesus of the Bible. They have no idea. Why? Because nobody told them. The side of Christianity that they know is all Catholicism. It's all Catholicism. And they think we are idol worshippers. We are people worshippers. We are dead people worshippers. That is why they don't like us. That is why they're not willing to hear us, because they think we are idol worshippers. They have no idea of biblical Christianity. They have no idea. (coughs) God has given me an opportunity to bring biblical Christianity to some Muslim people. And whenever I presented them some things, some truths from the Bible, they're like, nobody ever told us. Oh, we thought you were... uh, you're idol worshipper. I no, we are not. I was in Pakistan uh, in March last month and uh, I went to uh, an orphanage. uh, Little children, I went there. uh, My sister-in-law and her husband, uh, they have that set up over there. So uh, they invited me to teach the children over there some some, uh, Bible uh, truths. So I was there and it was a blessing. Uh, they had a lot of questions. A lot of questions. And I was like, wow. And I was always encouraged. Man, yes, bring it on. Because I want to learn also. Maybe I don't, uh, uh, have not gone through this kind of question. But legit questions. Children, they have questions. Let me share a story. Uh, Rachel, one time... She was, I think, three, three and a half years old. Uh, so she asked a question. I was at work, uh, so she asked a question. Her mother, and her mother said, "Okay, hold on to that question. When your daddy comes, ask that question to him, and he will give you the answer." I said, All right. So I came uh, around six, six p.m. Dinner was ready, we had dinner, prayed, and then uh, we had some fun, family time went up. So before going to bed, uh, we were playing uh, and having some family time, and suddenly Mother uh, Delphia, she said, hey, Rachel, you, had, you asked me a question in the morning, so how about you ask that question to uh, from Daddy, and uh, yeah, maybe he will give you the answer. So the question was, uh, Daddy. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, so why isn't he taking me to heaven? I was like, uh, wow, you know, sometimes they ask you tricky questions, I mean, you cannot, uh, they're smart, so I was like, wow, wow, that's a good question, and I was like, in my heart, I was praying, like, with the speed of light, I was praying, Lord, please help me, help me answer the question, because I don't want to like discourage her, or like she has a legit question, okay, you're saved, you're going to heaven, why isn't he taking me to heaven? So that was a good question, but in my heart, I was praying, Lord, please help me to answer that question, and I was like, okay, that's a good question, and uh, you know what, uh, you were right. Uh, when you were saved, Jesus will take you to heaven. But before you go to heaven, there's a work that needs to be done. And now she is like, oh, what work, daddy? We are going to be missionaries to Pakistan. She's like so excited. Oh, yes, I'm going to be missionary. When are we going to Pakistan now? Okay, now that's another question. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So, hold your horses, cowboy. So... Children, They ask questions. So I was so blessed uh, in that uh, orphanage and uh, giving them the knowledge and many things they just heard first time. And they were like, our teachers, our pastors were telling us this, but you were telling this. I said, this is what the Bible says. It's not me. Don't follow me. Follow the Bible. And I gave them something to, to think about. Like the older children were like, yeah, he's right because it's written in the Bible. So after I was uh, done, we called, they called Uber for me. And the Uber driver, he, he noticed that some children are saying, OK, bye, sir, thank you. And then uh, we rode off. And it was a Muslim. So he said, uh, I noticed that you're some kind of teacher. Because the children were like saying, bye, sir. And I said, uh, I'm a Bible teacher. Oh, Bible teacher? So you're kind of like a, a, a father or a priest? I said, what do you mean, father, priest? Oh, you know, uh, uh, you're either father, or you, I saw in movies and all that, they, you, they call you fathers. I said, no, 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 that's not who I am. So all they know about Christianity is Catholicism. So he just assumed, I'm, uh, because I'm Christian, I'm Catholic, and I'm, I'm either a father or a priest or something. So I had some opportunity over there to tell him about who I am. I said, no, I'm a Bible teacher. So oh, what do you mean by that? I'm a teacher. There's a Bible, and I teach the Bible, the doctrine. The, uh, I give them uh, some knowledge and understanding of some doctrines. So, so what, do, you, what, do, what do, do they call you? I said, they can call me a preacher, they can call me a teacher or a minister, but I'm not a father oh, I, I thought that was, uh, you guys just call yourself fathers. I said, no, we don't do that. So we had some conversation. Some, uh, I wanted to get him into uh, some, some gospel uh, stuff, but uh, the, the route was not that uh, far. So my home came and I was like, listen, this is my number. If you have any question about the Bible, do call me. I'm a teacher, so I can help you with that. He said, "Yes, yes, sir, sir. Thank you, thank you very much, thank you." He had like another ride, so all right, sir. Thank you, thank you. So he left off, but I did kind of like introduce myself. So this is kind of like I have the opportunity over he over there that I can tell them about the true Bible, the Bible Christianity. I worked with Catholics and um, in, in here in America. And uh, she called herself uh, Gnostics. Uh, no, uh, yeah. So, uh, and then of course millennials. You know, they're uh, another kind of things. <laughs> I mean, they, all they know is uh, what do you call that evolution, and they bring up that stuff. I mean, young children, we uh, have children, young kids we used to hire, and. Uh, So all I did was, whenever they, because when I got saved, what I used to do in my break time or whenever I got the chance, I used to read the Bible. I was getting more knowledge at my workplace, in my break time, in the lunch room or something. So they used to notice, hey, we noticed that you're just reading Bible. Like, what's up with that? So I I told them, I shared uh, some things with them. So they came up with some questions. Of course, the millennials are always excited. Hey, what about the evolution? What about my ancestors who were monkeys? I was like, really? You believe that? So, you get into some, some funny conversation and then I used to bring in the gospel. This is, we are made in the image of God. And the, the logic, the, the thing that, that things were written in the Bible, they get it. It's just a hard problem, that they don't want to like, believe it right away. So you keep on working on that. <clears throat> My supervisor, uh, she, she was from uh, Portuguese, she's Portugal, and she asked me, like, she bombarded me, me with questions. Very intelligent lady, very intelligent, smart. And she used to ask me a lot of questions from the Bible. She used to call me Bible boy. For everything, I had like a Bible verse. Everything. I used to say, hey, help me God with the Bible. Hey, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. There's a word, alien, in the Bible. King James Bible. Alien or aliens. So they brought up that word. I said, oh, this is what the Bible says. It has the word aliens. You want to know more about them? Yeah. So, you can get some opportunity over here. Find the opportunity to bring in the gospel. So I sowed the seed in, 2000, I remember, 2015 and 2016. In 2021, my supervisor calls me, and she asks me, which is the best Bible to buy? I said, really, you're looking for a Bible? She said, yes. And I said, hey, hold on. So I went to Bearing Precious Seed website, and I ordered a Bible from there. And I said, give me your address. And I mailed the Bible to her. I said, this is the best Bible, the King James Bible. Uh, and I know you're a smart lady. And you can understand the archaic English. So uh, I don't doubt that. And she said, yes, I understand that. You, you used to talk to me with that. I said, yes. So I mailed her. I said, I said this is a gift from me. You helped me a lot with a lot of things. So this is a gift from me to you. I sowed the seed in 15 and 16, 2016, and God gave the increase. She called me. She asked me for the Bible, and I told her, read, start from Gospel of John, and read the book of uh, Gospel of John. If you have any questions, call me. I already presented you the gospel. If you have any questions, call me. And... I'm still waiting, I'm going like a little bit slow, just say hi here and there. Hey, how are you doing, how's your family? She wanted to move to south because she doesn't like the democratic states now. She wants either want to move like to other states like maybe North Carolina or maybe, I, I will mention Texas. Hey, if you wanna to move, move to Texas. <laughs> so, uh, So, Don't give up on this book, I'm telling you. If this book can change my life, it can change uh, the lives of other people also. I was a stubborn guy, stubborn. You have no idea what I went through. I I had a hard heart, very hard heart. I had my own Jesus in my heart. I had my own religion. Just wanted to kind of like live off on Alcohol and drugs and all that stuff, but this book changed my. Life. This book is real. I'm telling. You, this book is alive. King James Bible. You people are so blessed with this book. And this is this is the only. I mean, this is this is the book that I'm taking there to my country. We used to have it. We stopped printing it, and we went through a lot of persecution, just because we rejected the word of God. Hosea, this morning, I just mentioned Hosea, chapter 4, and he says, My people are destroyed, verse 6, my people are destroyed for, the, for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shall be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children." This is what happens when we leave this Bible. And you have seen in America what, what's going on. Man, I, when I pastors share the, the history of when they uh, stopped King James Bible in the schools or something, and you can see the progression. Right after what, eight, uh, eight, years, eight, nine, eight nine years, the hippies came in. Woodstock thing? Man, that was big in India and in Pakistan. I was like, what is going on? In the 70s and 80s, we had some APs over there also. That was like totally a different culture. And because of that, because we rejected this book, God has forgotten our children, and this is what we are facing right now. So what are we supposed to do? When we see that they don't know Jesus, they're helpless. What The people who know Jesus, who know uh, the Bible truths, what are we supposed to do? First, let's look at their helplessness from the Bible. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Book of Romans chapter 5. And verse 12. uh, uh, Verse 6. 5-6 he says, For when we were yet without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5, he says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And verse 12, chapter 2, verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, without God in the world. This is their helplessness, right now, without strength. They're dead in sins, without Christ. Aliens, oh there's a word, aliens, strangers, having no hope. These other religions, they have no hope after their death, they have no idea where they're going, they have made up stories but no hope, you can see when they're they're telling those stories from their books, hey this is what's going to happen after we die or something, but you can see uh, that in those stories there's no hope without God in the world This is how they are living right now without God in the world, without this book in this world. Muslims, they claim, they say that they have Abrahamic religion, but they do not have the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. They are living their lives without God in in this world. Somebody needs to go there and tell them. Now, after... Jesus gets our attention when He says, hey, lift up your eyes and see. When He gets our attention, he comm- what does He command us to do? Here's the verse. Again, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Go. Go, ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them, It's really important. Teaching them. When I was growing up, nobody taught me the Bible doctrines. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen? Let's look at some examples from the Bible that tell us the importance of to go and preach and teach and be a witness for our Lord Jesus Christ. The same commandment is not, it's not just in New Testament. The same commandment is in Old Testament also. Let's look at some examples. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Favorite chapter of the missionaries. Here am I. Send me Isaiah chapter 6. Now, from the Bible, we are going to look at some examples, some scenarios, uh, some lives of people that we can relate to and learn from their lives and their their responses uh, to the Word of God. Here is Isaiah. I'm just going to give you a few examples. There are more and uh, you can go through those. Isaiah chapter uh, 6. Now here is Isaiah, uh, uh, verse 1. in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Here is Isaiah looking at the glory of God. Now this is chapter 6. And if you notice, in the first five chapters, he's still prophesying. He still has a ministry. Right? And one time in his ministry, he sees the, the glory of the Lord. Lord, sitting upon a throne. And, and then he describes everything. And he notices, like, man, I'm an, I'm, I am an unclean person. He humbles himself. And then he hears something in verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, Go ye therefore. Over here he's saying same thing. Who will go for us? And then said I, here am I, send me. See that willing mind? Lord, here am I, send me. And verse 9, and he said, go. See? Same commandment. Go and tell this people. Tell this people. Now he, he, is, he is burdening the heart of Isaiah. Hear ye indeed, but understand not. I see my people. They don't understand Bible prophecies. They don't understand Bible doctrines. Now he is, he is burdening his heart that his people are living a helpless life. So you need to go and tell them, hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Even though if you are in a ministry, if you are a pastor, a deacon, an elder, this commandment is the same. Go. It's the same commandment for you also. You can relate Isaiah's life with you, your life. It's the same life, uh, it's the same commandment. Go. Jeremiah chapter one. Jeremiah chapter one. Now here is Jeremiah. In verse four, he says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me. Listen. The word of the Lord already came to you. You have the whole Bible. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now here is a person you can relate to. Excuses. Excuses, man, I don't want to go, man, I'm a child, I'm a child. I don't know, I don't have understanding of the Bible, just like me, I didn't have any understanding. So what I did, I kind of like wanted to move away from that kind of argument. Why, because excuses, I didn't want to learn, And I just want to disobey God's commandment. Lord, behold, I cannot speak. Man, I cannot speak. I cannot be a preacher like Pastor Ryan. I cannot speak like that. I'm not like a very influential speaker or something. I don't want to go, Lord, please. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I'm a child. For thou shall go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Our complaint is, man, I have to speak a lot of things. No. You have to speak whatever God tells you to speak. Amen. What, whatsoever I command thee, thou shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces. Here's another kind of person living his life in fear. I don't want to go there. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. People, I I, uh, used to go out uh, door knocking with uh, my associate pastor. We used to go out. And the first time I went, I was like, man, this is, This is fun. I mean, I I didn't know how to get into conversation the very first time. Excuse me. So he helped me. I I used to uh, kind of like observe him how he's talking, and my English was not like really good. So I said, "This is this is good. Uh, At least they are not like cursing you, or they don't bring out guns, like they're going to shoot you or something." I mean, if I do door-to-door knocking preaching Bible in Pakistan to Muslims, I mean, one of them will take out a gun and might shoot me. You don't have that over here. But still, I see fear in the lives of Christians, saved Christians, and they do not go door-to-door knocking. You know what kind of fear they're living in? The fear of that people will say no to them. That's it. That's the biggest fear that right now the the fear of uh, uh, maybe they will disrespect me or uh, not like cursing people they don't do that like a lot in uh, here in America but still that fear or oh, they will say no to me they will be disrespect or uh, disrespectful to me or I I don't want to hear no so that's why I don't want to go fear is part of human life but Jesus told us how taught us how to overcome that fear pray and ask him to help you overcome that fear through it is written it is written in the bible how to overcome that fear ask him and he will help you going to Pakistan my flesh does not want to go there I know those people that fear is there that is part of my life but my spirit is willing the more I read the Bible the more I want to go there and here's the promise be not afraid of their faces for I am with thee to deliver thee he did that with Jeremiah and other prophets he can do that with us also he can do it with you also pray and he will help you so see same commandment go and uh, be not afraid of their faces and then same in chapter 2 moreover the word of the Lord came to me saying go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem he wants us to go he wants us to go to our family members our co-workers here's another verse chapter 3 verse 15 Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I didn't have those pastors. You have those pastors over here who are feeding you with knowledge and understanding of the word, of the Lord. And still people are not going to the lost souls. Man, we didn't have that. You are blessed. You people are blessed and i always encourage americans to listen we don't have any reason we don't have any understanding of mission missionary work in pakistan you people have that missionaries come from america and europe and other uh, nations to our countries because you have the understanding of missionary work what is stopping you right now you need to ask yourself what is stopping you to reach out to your lost family members? The fear? Ask God to help you. Next. <clears throat> Alright, I'm almost done. A few examples, same thing. Ezekiel, uh, chapter 1, he sees, again, he sees the glory of the Lord. And he's like, man, what is that? And he describes everything that he sees. <coughs> Excuse me. And when God talks to him. Moreover, chapter 3, verse 1, Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. Verse 4, And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee unto the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. You already have his words. Speak unto them. And don't doubt this book. I have experienced here in America, I was called a Bible boy, and all I did was just give the, uh, the verses to people. That's it. Don't doubt, doubt this book. Amos, really quick. Amos, chapter 7, verse 14 and 15. Amos, <coughs> chapter 7. And Ezekiel lived through bondage. Even if you are in some kind of bondage, I mean, there are people, Christian people, in uh, spending their lives in jails. They are still in, in, in bondage, in jails. But they are still witnessing to other people. I've heard some stories. Ezekiel, we can relate those people to Ezekiel. Do not stop living for Christ. Christ. Because in saved person, Christ liveth in you. Amos chapter 7, verse 14 and 15 he says, Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. But I was an herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. That was me. I was not a, not a prophet. I was not born in a, a, a Bible believing Christian family. <coughs> I never had an understanding of Bible doctrines. I was just doing my, my, following my American dream. Just come here, become rich, buy a house, pay mortgage, live a comfortable life. Verse 15, and the Lord took me. And the Lord took me by his book, by this King James, he took me, man. I'm telling you, he opened my eyes when this book came into my life. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go. Go. Prophesy unto my people Israel. He wants me to go and teach my people in Pakistan. Really quick. Jonah, my favorite. Jonah, chapter 1. And this is the person we can relate to in this era Jonah now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai saying arise go to Nineveh that great city and cry against it for their wickedness is come up before me what does he do? he goes to the opposite direction right? I don't want to go to Nineveh they're Gentiles Gentiles They kill people, they've killed my people. Why do do you want me to go there and preach them the gospel? Bring them to repentance? I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to Muslim country. They kill Christians. You've already seen that. I don't want to go there. What happened? Chapter 3 and the... uh, What happened Uh, in chapter 1? where did he end up in the belly of the fish we can say no 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 to the preaching of gospel to the lost souls and one day we will end up in the belly of the fish our comfortable life god will take that away from us one day he already took away some privileges from pakistani christians because we rejected the word of the lord We rejected the the understanding, the knowledge of the word of the Lord. And we are going through persecution. We are going through spiritual persecution. Devils are beating us every day over there. And we are going through physical persecution. Why? Because we said no to preaching the gospel to the lost people. Right now, the main focus of many Christian people over there who get some knowledge... Right now what they want to do is just flee that country. Oh, I want to go to Europe somehow or like visit visa or something and then I just slip away to America or Australia, some other comfortable. I just want to live comfortable. Life. I don't want to live here. We end, ended up in the belly of the fish. Number three, uh, chapter three. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time Aren't you glad that our God is a God of second chances? When we repent and we realize we shouldn't have said no to to our Lord, to the word of God, to his commandment, to go, ye therefore. Second time saying, arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Preach the gospel to every creature. He has already given us the resources to say, the words to say to the people. He has already given us that. All we need is a willing mind and a burdened heart for the lost soul. People will die and go to hell. And then, last, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, same commandment in the New Testament. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. They had the same commandment. We had the same, we had the same commandment. Ask God to give you a willing mind and a burdened heart for the lost souls of your family members, of your co-workers, your friends. Get into some... There are many ways you can get into the conversation. They will try to avoid first time, second time, but you can get some things. I mean, pe- smart people. You can get into conversation and bring bi- uh, Bible stories. And hey, I can relate this story to uh, David. I know you're going through this. This person went through that too, and this is how God helped him and brought him out of that that thing. I mean, there are many things you can. But our focus should be on saving, preaching that. Uh, Uh, preaching the gospel to their lost soul. Here's the promise. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But ye shall receive power. Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. You are saved. You are saved, and the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth, ye shall be witnesses. Here is an English lesson. Please, I'm not here to uh, teach you English, but this is what uh, I noticed. The definition of the word shall, S-H-A-L-L, shall. What does that mean? The etymology of that word, please, the etymology of that word Old English, it means I O O W E O will have to ought to must. The original meaning of this word is must. You must be witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what does it say? Uh, out of guilt, like I have to do that. When I feel guilty, ye shall. When he says ye shall do that. Out of guilt, I have to do it. It shows the uh, uh, it comes under the meaning of debt. Also, out of debt, I have to do it. Paul says, "I'm a debtor." He understood the meaning of shell. I'm a debtor to both to uh, Jews and Greek barbarians and uh, uh, the people that he mentions. But later, it changed into. Uh, the the modern English that we uh, shall means like futuristic thing that uh, in future you shall do that or something but originally you can google yourself the etymology of that word you must be witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ that is the the meaning of that word ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world and what do we have to do preach the gospel And what is the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 and 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. And wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Here is the conviction. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. He starts with the word of God, he ends with the word of God. He magnifies the word of God, he glorifies the word of God. You cannot do anything without this book. Cannot do anything. You can go ahead and say your own philosophy, worldly philosophy about Christianity. That will not work. I have tried. It didn't work. Now what I do is give Bible verses. That's it. Glorify scripture in your life. Glorify, Christi- uh, 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 glorify this word, this book in your ministry, and God will give you the increase. But first, to do that, you need to get saved. If there is anybody who is not saved, this book has the power to save you. We first need to come to the Lord. We need to be washed in His blood. We need to realize that we are sinners and we need a Savior if you do not accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, even if you are born in a Christian family, you will still go to hell. Nicodemus was a Jew and they, they thought that, oh, because we are Abraham's uh, sons and daughters, we, will, we already have a ticket to heaven. Jesus said, except ye be born again. No way, man. You're totally wrong. If you are not a born-again Christian, please this book has the power to save you. Talk to your pastor. He can give you uh, the, the explanation of the gospel and how to be saved. But please, people are dying because people over here are not taking it seriously. Uh, they're not considering to go and preach the gospel to those lost people. Please, this message, uh, this teaching uh, is to encourage you to be a witness for our Lord Jesus Christ. It encouraged me that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of the Bible. You already have over here. You people are blessed, man. Now we need to go and teach and preach the gospel to the lost souls. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you, brother. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Have a word of prayer. And we'll have time of invitation this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the challenge you've given us. Lord, I, I do ask that we would all uh, be honest with you right now. and Lord, just spend the next few minutes allowing you to search our heart. And Lord, uh, dealing with those things. Uh, that you show us. Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, show them their lost condition. Open their eyes, Father, to the gospel, that they would humble themselves, accept you as their Savior today. Just work in this time of invitation. As as the piano plays uh, right now, um, I don't need to add to the message. I'm just going to ask, do you have a willing mind? Are you surrendered to say, Lord, here am I? Send me, use me, in whatever capacity. And do you have a burden for the lost? If there's no concern, we need to ask the Lord why. And and allow Him to work. If you're not saved this morning, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, that's you, whosoever believeth on the Son, at life, the Bible says. You you can know Him this morning as your Savior. You can have that assurance that He is yours and, and know, have peace in your heart. Know that when you die, you'll be with the Lord, that as you walk through life, He's with you every moment of every day, guiding you and helping you. In Victor Baptist Church, I... we're being challenged to do more this morning and i hope that's our that i hope that is our our heart father guide us and use us that that should be my yours and my cry what can we do more in the area of missions maybe there's some here that god is saying go it's time to surrender i don't know have to be submissive.